guess what? The thing now is that we don't have to trust any single person to not sell the land to someone else. We can just all go to the chain on the public record and then check who has what and at what time the person had it and who in history had owned this in the first place. So this all can just be seen on the blockchain. And literally, this is what the blockchain technology is. Hi, and welcome to another episode of How We Build Web3 in Africa. In today's episode, we want to do something a little bit different. We want to go back to the basics. We understand that for some people, they don't know what the blockchain means. They don't know what Web3 means. They don't know what NFT means. And what we want to do is to take out all of those jargons and then break it down to the barest minimum, such a way that my grandma will be able to understand what the whole blockchain thing is about. What is what's the fuss about, right? So that's what we want to do so that we can bring in more people, people who really don't understand anything at all can follow us with the episodes that we create here. And as usual, I'm here with George Masomi. George, how are you feeling about today's episode? Daniel, I'm super excited to be on this episode, especially because, you know, we surround ourselves with people in the industry and it's very easy to get lost in the jargon that we speak without making sure that everyone yeah. else outside uh, this space understands what we're doing. And that's the only way that these technologies will be able to penetrate and make the communities and society a better place. And just to jump into that, Daniel, maybe we can kick right off with uh, what is blockchain? What do you understand by blockchain? Okay. Um, so th this is the way I think about the blockchain technology. And it is just an open ledger. Yeah, it's just a piece of software that stores data. It stores data like uh, your, your medical record, your title deeds, supply chain record, like literally all it does is to save records and it does it in an open way where every single person can see what the record is. And um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> end of the podcast. <laughs> but no, it's not the end because what's actually making us really excited about the blockchain is really not just the fact that it has the record saved on, on this technology. What makes us excited about the blockchain technology is that is the way it does it. And it's broken down into two really simple things. It does it in a way where we do not need a third party. And it does it in a way whereby no single person can just come in and then change the record of this blockchain. And literally, this yeah. is what makes myself and, and Judd really excited about the blockchain. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is that with blockchain, you have this open book where people yeah. can read <clears throat> the information. They can also find out what was transacted at this specific time yeah. but also what what about this technology makes it uh, like very appealing to 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 everyone else because i wouldn't want in some situations i wouldn't want for people to know like i spent 20 shillings on bread in the <laughs> supermarket <laughs> yeah what is what makes it appealing what are the benefits of having this open ledger where everyone can come and see Okay, so the first two that comes to my mind, and uh, mm -hmm. it's when time, it saves time, two, it reduces the cost. So for example, when, we want, mm -hmm. when I want to send money from my account to George's account, the bank comes in, 
right? And says, okay, yes, Daniel, you have that money, X amount of money, you do have it. And while they're sending it to George, they have to minus the X from my account and then add it to George's account. The middleman does it. And because he's doing it, it charges uh, a certain fee for doing that. And sometimes it takes a huge amount of time to, to process this payment. And the blockchain, that can be done without having any single person right there in the middle. Mm. But most importantly, what can't be done is that they can go back into the record and then change something from like the price. Once it is recorded in the blockchain, it is there permanently. Also, if you want to make any edits to the blockchain, what you can do is add a new information and says, oh, Oh, by the way, I just minused X amount from Daniel's account and I just added mm. X amount to George's account. And this is where, where they update the information. So if you, if you can see my hand, right? So we have this block, mm. okay? We have this data of information and we have this other data of information. This is where I add X amount to my account and the, my, at the other side, the new information is where George now has that X amount of information. But guess what? Those information are linked up in a chronological order. So this way, mm -hmm. this is literally why it has the name blockchain. So it's a chain mm -hmm. of block, which is chain of mm -hmm. information. So new information gets added in front of the previous information. Where this can have mm -hmm. like a practical use. George, you want to say something? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking about how in Kenya, there's so many situations where you find that you have one piece of land and this yeah. piece of land has pe three people with three different title deeds. All of them are <laughs> original. <laughs> yeah. And it just makes you wonder, like, uh, how comes no one has created a system whereby you can only have this one title deed representing yeah. this land? And if I, if I'm if someone else buys it, I'm certain that there's only this one central repository of information. And I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense, especially if we can apply such technology to those instances whereby you want uh, public participation, you want to make sure that there's a proof that as as the transaction was made, this is a specific person who bought this, this uh, piece of land at this particular time, and you create a robustness and a system of trust. Yeah, literally. So this way, nobody gets to fight over the land. I thought this was just mm. a Nigerian thing. It happens in your country too, right? <laughs> it happens in Kenya far too often. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, in fact, I, it's I really know. interesting because yeah. Okay. No, no, go on. On our on, on our side, we find uh, you have a lot of people who have to put this plot is not for sale so that you don't end up <laughs> buying a piece of land which you you think is uh, is it belongs to the person who's pretending to sell it to you yeah that happens here as well you see you see <laughs> so this is a perfect example of what the blockchain can do guess what mm -hmm. the thing now is that we don't have to trust any single person to not sell the land to someone else, we can just all go to the chain on the public record yeah. and then check who mm -hmm. has what and at what time the person had it and who in history had owned this in the first place. So this all can just mm -hmm. be seen on the blockchain. And literally, this is what the blockchain technology is. Simple. <laughs> yeah, and one, one thing I can add as well is, you know, what Daniela said is really important. I can go inspect 
what was put into that chain or that piece of information that we're trying to verify. But I can also take part in validating that information. So the way blockchain works is it allows a system of operators, anyone who can opt in, and all all these people who opt in can be validators of the information that comes across. I don't know, Daniel, okay. if you if you have any, you know, we were speaking about how when you want to carry out a transaction like buying a piece of land, you usually need a lawyer to come in and there's always like some extra fees that you need to pay. Uh, can you talk about the cost of carrying out transactions on a blockchain or oh open ledger? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so depending on the time, right? So I'm going to speak in ideal time now. Um, I think I saw somewhere on Twitter, I'm really not sure about the amount now, but the person sent like $5 million sort of, like, don't quote wow. me on the number, but then it cost mm-hmm. like $5 or I think maybe a little lesser than that for that proof for the transaction mm-hmm. to be sent. In mm-hmm. the traditional world, it cost a huge lot, a whole lot of money for that to happen. And this is one mm-hmm. of the, the benefits. Now, depending on the kind of chain you use, because we have Ethereum, which is a kind of blockchain. We have Solana. We have different yeah, other right. kind of blockchain. Depending on the type you use, it will help you to make the cost lower or maybe the other one higher. But all of them together are usually more cheaper than the, the traditional mm-hmm. way. And there's something you said earlier before you asked the question, which I think is important to, to put more light on, right? So throw mm-hmm. more light on is the, the way this data is stored. Because I said something very important. You see, the bankers can go, the, the, the record they have of my financial data is in their software. So it's in their database, maybe a computer mm-hmm. at one of the rooms in their office. Only them have access to this and they can just mm-hmm. go in and make changes to it whenever they like. But in the blockchain, mm-hmm. nobody can just go in and make changes to it, right? And let me just tell you a process of how even those data has been written into the blockchain. So the first thing first is, for a, a, a data to be written into the blockchain, a complex mathematics need to be done, a sort of complex computation need to be done for the process to happen. So once it happens, it solves this uh, complex um, uh, computation, it sends it to the open, it sends it to the blockchain, and every single person who has this copy of the blockchain can verify and say, oh yeah, is that true? Is that true? Do mm-hmm. Daniel have that X amount of money that he wants to send to George? If it doesn't, everybody say, nah, 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 right? But if he says, mm-hmm. if everybody agrees, and the way they can agree is mm-hmm. go check the previous record of my account mm-hmm. to find out that, oh, yeah, I have the X amount that I want to send to George. Everybody mm-hmm. can then approve. And this is how new information has been written to the blockchain. Like I told you, it is written as a new data that specifies the X amount that has, been, that has gone into George's account and at what time it happened. And literally, this is, again, <laughs> why we are excited in this in this space. Yeah, that's a nice, nice segue to the end of today's episode. But if you have any questions, please feel free to tag us, send us a direct message or even on our email addresses. And we can speak about the topics that are near and dear to your heart, but maybe have not made sense up to today. And on our next episode or in the near future, we'll be talking about Web3, dApps, NFTs, all these buzzwords that keep being thrown around in the space, even 
and when no one really knows what they're talking about but we're happy to speak here and uh, let us know in the comments what you are thinking thank you daniel thanks uh, it's it's actually exciting doing this today so uh we definitely release a new episode that expands on the use case a more uh, robust use case of the blockchain